Well, today we're continuing the message series Beyond Borders, and we're talking about the responsibility that uh, we as believers have to spread the good news of Jesus Christ around the world as well as right here in St. Louis. And today, title, I've entitled the message God's Attack on Racism. And you might say, well, what, what in the world does racism have to do with missions? But as we're going to see, missions really is the solution to eradicating racism. So let's begin today by trying to define racism. You know, everybody seems to be calling everybody else a racist these days. I mean, there's just a lot of name-calling going around, and we're going to refrain from that. But racism, as I understand it, is the belief in the superiority of one race over another. One is superior, one is inferior. And because of that, it results in discrimination, results in prejudice, uh, towards other people based on their race or ethnicity. And since racism has to do with race, you have to say, what is race? Well, race is defined as a, a grouping of people with shared physical traits, ancestry, language, or culture. And we'll notice that all of those are external, external characteristics. And I believe the Bible teaches that racism is sin, it divides people, it inhibits missions. Acts 17.26, I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has these scriptures written out. And it also has the outline there that you can follow along, fill in the blanks. It says, He, speaking of God, made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. And so God's word here teaches us that we were all created from Adam. And so, so really, there's one race of human beings. Uh, we're all descended from one single person. And external characteristics such as uh, skin color, ancestry, language, or culture do not change the fact that each one of us is made in the image of God and has equal worth in God's eyes. Colossians 3.11 says here, speaking of in the church, there's not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. And so in the kingdom of God, in the church, we mustn't view people with different external characteristics as either being superior or inferior. Fellow believers are our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We're all part of God's family. Jesus himself taught us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: 39, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, you're our neighbors, obviously fellow believers are our neighbors, but even unbelievers are our neighbors, and we are to love them as ourselves. And so every person that we come in contact with, we need to show the love of God too. And as believers, we're all going to be together in heaven one day, and there's going to be no racism in heaven. Every, every type of person uh, that God created is going to be there. Revelation 7, 9 Give us a picture of heaven after this. I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. And so heaven is going to be populated not just with one race, but with every nation, all tribes, peoples, and languages. And what are they all doing? Well, they're united in worshiping the Lamb, worshiping Jesus Christ. In the Lord's Prayer, we pray, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the church 
must reflect the unity, must reflect the brotherhood of all peoples that we see in heaven, must reflect it here and now on this earth. Of course, uh, missionaries are going out across the world to virtually every country in the world. Assembly God missionaries are going to share the gospel. Why? Because each and every person has been made in God's image. Each and every person has the right to hear the gospel so that they can believe and become part of the family of God. And so I'd like us to watch a short video this morning. The Assembly of God missionaries are working in the different culture of Uruguay in South America. That's a smaller country down towards the... Uh, it's the... Eastern side of South America, I believe, kind of, I had to look. I, I knew it was down there somewhere. Uh, but uh, forgive me if somebody's from Uruguay, but uh, they're working in this different culture and they're trying to find common ground with the people there who are different than them to build relationships. And so the video uh, is called Breaking, Breaking Through. And I don't know if you caught the last statement. It's very important that as we go into these other countries, uh, and establish the church and reach people for the Lord. These countries then, the people there then become called by God to be missionaries and they get sent to other countries, maybe countries that we couldn't even reach. And so uh, it, it continues to explode across the world. Uh, we were able to get uh, several uh, copies of this Worldview magazines uh, about different mission outreaches uh, that we're involved in. And they're out on the table in the foyer. Feel free to pick them up and to read them and to share them with friends. Uh, they're free. Uh, we would like you to take them all, okay? So don't be afraid to take them, to read them, and to, and to pray. Uh, pray over the missionaries that you read about uh, in those magazines. Today we're going to be looking at a, a book in the Old Testament. In fact, we're going to cover a whole book today. Okay, so you ready? You got your seatbelts on? Uh, it's about God's attack on racism through missions, and most people are going to be familiar with the story that we're going to talk about in this book, but its message regarding racism is missed by most people. This is a, a story that uh, most young children know, so let's open our hearts to hear what God is saying uh, in the book of Jonah. So now you know, right? Jonah and the whale. So, God calls us to go. Let's begin in verse 1 of Jonah. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go. And so Jonah was a Jewish prophet who lived just north of Nazareth in Israel around 800 B.C. Uh, what are prophets? Prophets are people who, who are they're believers, and God speaks to them, and they in turn obey and proclaim the word of the Lord that they have been given. They speak the word that God gives them to speak. And as we'll see today, God had spoken to Jonah, not with a word to Israel in this case, but a, but a word to go far away to speak God's word to a foreign nation. And so in essence, God was calling Jonah to be a foreign missionary, to go to another culture. Verse 2, God says to Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Now, Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, which was the reigning world power at the time. Nineveh was located 
on the Tigris River near the modern city of Mosul, Iraq. And that is one of the cities that ISIS had, had captured and has recently been liberated uh, from their control. Uh, Syria at this time was, a, as we said, a world power. It was a brutal conquering empire. It was known for extreme cruelty to defeated foes. Uh, its cruelty included beheading, skinning, gouging out eyes, impaling, cutting off body parts, and you get the picture. Okay, these guys were bad, bad dudes, okay, and uh, they wanted to scare everybody, and they did. And so the people of Israel feared them, and they hated the nation of Assyria. And so here God was calling Jonah to go to their capital city, the capital of Nineveh, it was a very long distance he had to go, well over hundreds and hundreds of miles, and call out God's judgment on them. How would you like that assignment from God? <laughs> and uh, Jonah had a problem with this assignment, but his disobedience had consequences. God says, arise, go. In verse 3, Jonah rose, not to go, but to flee, to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. And so Jonah did not want to obey God. At this point in the story, we're not given the reason why. I can't imagine that Jonah wasn't afraid of what the Syrians might do to him. Uh, now that's not going to be the reason he gives later on, but if he arrived in that city and started proclaiming God's judgment on them, uh, I think he would have every reason to be concerned they might not like it. Uh, and so Jonah chose to disobey. He chose to go get on a ship going to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is a city in Spain over 2,000 miles from Israel in the opposite direction of Nineveh. It's as far away as you could possibly get from Nineveh at that time. And so Jonah was running away from God's call. It says in this verse, it repeats twice, he was running away from the presence of the Lord. And while he was on a ship, a fierce storm arose, and the sailors thought everybody was going to be drowned. Everybody's going to be drowned. Uh, the ship would be lost. And they cast lots. Some, what people did back then and as we see in the Old Testament, sometimes God caused these things to work. And so the lot actually uh, determined that Jonah was the cause of this storm that had arisen and was threatening to destroy the ship. In verse 12, Jonah says to the sailors on the ship, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. And so the sailors picked up Jonah, they threw him overboard into the sea. Jonah began to sink down into the water. And he didn't drown because God sent a great fish to swallow him and save him. Now, we're just going to read highlight verses here. I'd encourage you to read the whole book of Jonah. It's only four chapters long. You can read it very quickly this week and get the whole picture. But God rescued Jonah and God rescues people who pray to him. For chapter 2, verse 1, says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. And so 
Jonah is telling us here that as he was sinking down in the water, he was praying. Uh, he was asking God to save him. God answered his prayer, sent this great fish who swallowed Jonah. And here inside the fish, Jonah is praying a prayer of thanksgiving for God's answer and rescue. Of course, I don't know what Jonah thought at that point was going to come of him, but we, as we read this story, we find that this fish spat him out onto dry ground, and we are going to find that Jonah's heart had changed. Uh, in the belly of the fish, he was repentant for his disobedience. He is ready to do what God had commanded him to do. Now, God could have given up on Jonah, just let him sink down in the water, and that would have been the end of Jonah, but God didn't. God could have raised up another prophet, but he was merciful. He rescued Jonah from sure death. And as we're going to see, God's call on Jonah's life was not yet over. And so let's think a little bit about what was going on in this story. God had called Jonah to be his witness to a, a cruel and evil culture. And in those days, you know, the Syrians was one race of people. It was a certain race that was demonically cruel uh, and, and just destroyed civilizations. Jonah had chosen to disobey, probably out of fear and, as we're going to see, out of racism. You see, the Assyrians were guilty of some of the most atrocious war crimes in history. I mean, I was reading some papers about them. I, I just kind of said some nice things, okay? They were much worse than I've even... Uh, have the courage to, to speak of. Uh, they worshipped idols. They worshipped foreign gods. They didn't worship the true God. And yet, we're going to see God cared about them. I mean, he called Jonah to go to Nineveh and proclaim God's word to them. We would have thought he'd have every right to say, what do you want to bother with those people for? Just judge them. Just send fire down from heaven and consume them. But God wanted to give them a chance. And so what about us today? God calls missionaries, as we said, to every nation of the world. Some of them are very evil, have very evil cultures. Uh, cultures filled with demonic powers. God calls missionaries to uh, countries where there is great evil. And we partner with those missionaries through prayer and through giving, because we know that's God's heart to reach each and every person, no matter how depraved, no matter how evil they are. And God calls each one of us right here in St. Louis. He calls us to speak his truth to the lost of all cultures that are represented in our city. And we have many different cultures and peoples and nations represented here. Perhaps some people are afraid to speak, afraid of what people may say or do. But God calls us as followers of Jesus to be courageous, to obey, to speak, and be his witnesses. We spread the gospel as missionaries here to lost people, no matter what they look like, no matter what their culture is, no matter wh whether they appear to us as, as greater sinners than other sinners. A sinner is a sinner, and we all were sinners. We all are sinners. But God has saved us as believers. He's rescued us. And we want to spread the good news to each and every person. Both to those who look like us and those who don't look like us. Those who talk like us and those who don't talk like us. 
we have a responsibility to reach all of them, responding to God's call to go. Now, even when we've resisted in the past being a witness, God always gives second chances, and he gave a second chance to Jonah. Moving on to chapter 3, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message I tell you. So as we said, the fish spewed Jonah out on dry land. I don't know where that was, but somehow God spoke to Jonah a second time with basically the same command, and this time Jonah was ready to go. And he began the long journey uh, to go to the basically the capital city of the world, Nineveh, and he was ready to obey, but as we're going to see, his heart attitude still uh, needed some adjustment. But obedience produces good fruit. Verse 4, Jonah began to go into the city, the city of Nineveh. He got there uh, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It's a very encouraging message, isn't it, that he gave the Ninevites. Forty days, and you're going to be overthrown. Disaster is coming. And what was the response? And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. And so Jonah began to call out. God's judgment was going to fall on Nineveh. They were an evil, uh, cruel empire. God said he was going to overthrow them in 40 days. And rather than arresting Jonah for disturbing the peace or writing him off as a false prophet, these brutal idol worshippers of Nineveh believed that God was speaking through Jonah. The people and the king himself, as we read the whole chapter, repented, they fasted, and they began to pray that God's judgment would not fall on them. Who would have ever thought that was possible? That's amazing. Verse 10, when God saw what they did, how they repented, how they fasted, how they prayed, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And so Jonah's obedience on his second try, a second chance, resulted in the whole city turning to God. Amazing fruit of Jonah's obedience. But Jonah's attitude still needed some adjusting, some changing. Chapter 4. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O oh Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? This is what, uh, that is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. And so now we see Jonah's heart attitude was revealed. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew even when he proclaimed judgment that God was merciful and God would forgive them if they repented. And Jonah didn't want that. He wanted God's judgment to fall on them. He, I think the implication is he hated them. He hated the Assyrians, but God had forgiven them, and God had forgone his judgment upon them. And Jonah was very displeased. He was angry. He was angry at God uh, for what God had done. Now, I might add, 
Nineveh was the largest city in the world at that time. And it did eventually face God's judgment, but it was, it was destroyed by the Medes and Persians 200 years later in 612 B.C. But at this point in history, that generation repented and turned to God. And so Jonah was very uh, angry. His heart attitude towards that race of people through that, to that nation uh, was wrong. He needed to learn a lesson uh, that, that as a believer, we need to love all peoples. Look at verse 10. And the Lord said to Jonah, You pity the plant, we'll explain this in a minute, what's going on here, for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 people who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? So the Bible tells us that Jonah was so angry at God that he wanted to die. He just, he, he didn't want to go on living. And so God made a plant that was very, the sun was beating down. God made a plant to grow up and cause shade for Jonah as he was sitting there in his, his pity party. And the plant grew up and, and shed through some shade on Jonah. And then God sent a, a worm that ate the plant and it shriveled and died. And the sun continued to beat down on him. And so now Jonah was angry at the plant. Uh, and I don't know if he knew that God had messed with him. He was angry at everybody. He was just in a foul mood uh, right, right then. And God was exposing Jonah's selfishness. I mean, he's just concerned about himself. He's concerned about the nation of Israel. He could care less about Assyria, the Assyrians. He had a total lack of compassion for these people. It really <clears throat> was a sin of racism. Uh, Jonah wanted God to bless him. He wanted God to bless his country, and he didn't want God to bless this other nation of Assyria at all. He cared more about his own comfort than the lives of the Ninevites. But God had compassion on the people of Nineveh, despite their evil ways. And he wanted Jonah to learn to have the same compassion, the same love for every human being, no matter what their past was or what nation that they were from. <clears throat> and so God wants us as well to move beyond prejudice, to move beyond racism, uh, and have his heart of compassion and his, his love for all people, people of all kinds. Uh, in St. Louis, uh, there's many kinds of people, the people from different nations, uh, people with all shades of skin colors. And as believers, our brothers and sisters uh, are not those who have the same skin color as us. Our believers, uh, our brothers and sisters are our fellow believers no matter what nation they come from, no matter what color their skin is. And so at Life Church, our vision is to be a church that represents the kingdom of God. Uh, we seek to reach out and embrace people of every nationality, of every race, of every color, of every age, because God loves each and every one and he calls us to love each and every one because every human being is made in the image of God. And so the book of Jonah is not mainly about a prophet being swallowed by a whale or a great fish. Uh, Jonah is about, the book of Jonah is about a prophet running from the call of God to be a missionary to a different nation, to a different race that 
he hated. God was working to adjust his heart and to talk to us as well here 2,000 or 3,000 years later. And so we pray that God would help us not to run from God's call on our lives to be missionaries right here in St. Louis. And if some of us have run from that, God is there to give us a second chance and a third and a fourth chance to be witnesses for him in every way that we can. I talk simple ways, very simple way through Facebook. That's not the only way, but it's, um, it's just a very easy way. God's calling us to do much more difficult things, to talk to people personally as well, to establish relationships with them and to pray for people uh, until, until God moves upon their heart and upon their lives. And if we have an attitude towards certain kinds of people, a certain people with certain external circumstances, uh, characteristics that are different from us, pray and ask God to change your heart, that you would love people of all kinds, uh, no matter what they look like, no matter how they speak, no matter where they came from, no matter what their culture is, that we would have God's love and compassion for each and every person that he has created. And so the good news that we hold out to each and every person is that every person, no matter how evil they've been, no matter what they've done, God has made a way for them to be forgiven. God has made a way for them to have a relationship with God. And that way is simply admit that they've done wrong things, admit that they've sinned, believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and commit their lives to following Him. And so we're going to just pray a simple prayer this morning. If you've never prayed a prayer like that before, or if you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, today we admit that we've sinned, we've done wrong things, and we ask for your forgiveness. We believe that Jesus died on the cross, that our sins might be forgiven. We ask that you would come into our lives, God, and change us. We commit ourselves to following you as both Savior and Lord and obeying your command all the days of our lives. For those of us who are believers, Father, we thank you for, for this lesson that you've taught us, that you've reminded, of, reminded us of this morning through Jonah. Forgive us, God, for running from your call. Uh, times we were afraid or times that we didn't like the people you were calling us to witness to, God. We didn't love them as you loved them. Forgive us, God, for not obeying the call. God, take away our fear of speaking out, our fear uh, of talking to people about you. God, we repent of any prejudice that we may have in our hearts. Give us the second chance to tell people of all kinds about Jesus. Give us opportunities this coming week, in the coming weeks ahead and months, to talk about you, to talk about your church, to talk about who you are and how great you are. Help us, God, to take the simple steps of just sharing our, uh, the church's post to our friends. Help us not to be afraid of what they would think, uh, but help those shared posts to develop opportunities for us to interact and talk to them about the Lord, uh, about the church. Help us not to be ashamed of 
our faith, God. And give us opportunities to talk to our neighbors, our relatives, people at work, uh, people at school about you and help our conversation to be motivated by love and compassion for others. Today we pray for missionaries, especially the missionaries in Uruguay that we saw, Stephen Jill McCarthy, Bob and Jennifer Firth, Frith in Uruguay. Help them as they seek to build relationships in a, a culture that's different from the way they were brought up. Help them to build relationships with people that are far from God. We pray that this soccer ministry uh, would reach many children and the church there in Uruguay, Uruguay would continue to grow. Uh, we pray for those who are called from Uruguay to be missionaries to other cultures and other nations, that you would use them and the gospel would continue to spread in great power. Help us, God, in the same way to learn to build relationships with people right here in St. Louis, relationships with people who need you. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.